Facebook, or the company formerly known as Facebook, goes meta. Biden is wheels down in Rome this morning for a series of global summits, but without a big legislative win back home. And love, hate, eight, spooky season edition. <laughs> Friday need to know. Let's go. Good Friday morning, everybody. This is Chatter's Need to Know podcast for October 29th. I am Carlo Versano, and I am here, as promised, Ooh. with the Big Mac himself, yes. Baker Machado. What's up, brother? How you doing? Happy Friday, Carlo Versano. Great to see you, as always. The best news of all, it is Friday. We get to sleep in tomorrow, which you know is the only <laughs> thing I care about every week. Of course, unless you have kids, which nobody ever sleeps yeah. in. S- sleeping in. That's funny. Am I ever going to sleep eight hours again tonight? Somebody no. said no, I'm not, am I? It's uh, I miss it. No, yeah, oh, Th- those are the rare things that I think you miss. Maybe, maybe when, uh, maybe when your kid becomes, you know, uh, when Francesca becomes eighteen. Yeah, when Franny goes to college. So. Yeah, when Franny goes to yeah. college. Although uh, my mom would say, even when I went to college, she still wasn't getting very much sleep because she was just like, "Is he out partying? Is he studying? Is he yeah. doing what he's supposed to be doing?" <laughs> right, By the waiting way- for the police to call. Right, exactly. By the way, I, I, for I'm, I'm really upset knowing that I'm on the pod today and the YouTube show, which is by the way coming up at nine o'clock today because I yes. should have dressed as Jill Wagner for for all of this as Halloween. I thought for a moment, I was like, oh, she has rollers downstairs I can borrow. Oh, she's probably got a cheddar hoodie somewhere around here. And you only know that, by the way, if, if you watch these YouTube videos yes. of Jill doing this podcast with you with like six rollers in her hair. You would have cracked me up if you had the rollers in your hair, although I don't even know how you would have done it. I don't uh, either. But yeah, speaking... Speaking of which, we are doing the YouTube watch party today. That's 9 a.m. Eastern time. It will be at YouTube.com slash Cheddar Now. I'll tweet out that link if you want to watch and join us. Baker will talk about uh, whatever's on your mind. Halloween oh. plans, weekend plans, movies you've seen, news. Oh, yeah. uh, but speaking of news, start yeah. us off here. Should we start in the metaverse here, Carlo? Because Facebook <laughs> is now known as Meta, Mark Zuckerberg unveiling the rumored corporate rebrand yesterday during a presentation focusing on the company's bet on the metaverse. This is a blending of the digital and physical worlds that he sees now as the future or the next wave of the internet. Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook, the platform, will all keep their respected names and brands, but they'll now be under the Meta umbrella. Executives, including Mark Zuckerberg, though, denied that the rebranding attempt to distance the company from their various reputations problems and all the headaches of news stories that have been coming out over the course of the last couple of weeks here, Carlo. Yeah, Zuckerberg telling our former colleague Alex Heath at The Verge, who, by the way, has been doing some Amazing. fantastic reporting yeah, on this. He stuff. actually broke the story about this uh, rebrand. So props to our boy Alex over there. But Zuckerberg telling him that this had nothing to do with the company's reputational issues, calling that quote ridiculous, <laughs> which is yes, just hilarious. That, by the way, that uh, is ridiculous. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I mean, uh, you know, ask any resident of Chicago if they refer to the Sears Tower as the Willis Tower. That's how many people are going to call Facebook <laughs> Meta. <laughs> no, it's, it's just it's not going to happen. Sorry, I, I but, love uh, a good architecture joke. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, did you watch this actual uh, this yes, presentation, yes, though? Man, yes, it was, was wild. Some, that was some weird and bleak stuff. Those- Dystopian. There were moments yesterday I wish I had like an edible uh, to watch what was happening with Mark Zuckerberg because it was like he was talking to different people who were sort of these CGI, you know, like uh, different people, but they like were people. Some were basically robots. Some were basically cartoon characters. It was so weird. 
uh, you know, yeah, as I said, dystopian, but not to mention this is all based on technology that doesn't currently and may never actually exist. I mean, how does nobody asked him, how are we going to exist in the metaverse? Are we just going to be wearing these gigantic VR goggles around all day? Nobody is doing that. Nobody is going to do that. I hate to break it to you. Um, But it's just again, there's not much left to say about Facebook. It's just like this feeling that our collective well-being is in the hands of this guy who, frankly, I wouldn't trust with my Gmail password. It's uh, all. It's all it's all very depressing. Um, But of course, you know, Facebook's problems go beyond Zuckerberg, but it just doesn't help that the guy say what you will about him. But he is probably the most uncharismatic CEO in, uh, you know, American corporate history. He just does not do himself any favors in these presentations. Uh, By the way, our friend Alex Heath, in that amazing interview he had with uh, with Mark Zuckerberg, asked Mark Zuckerberg if, if he has any plans to leave as CEO or chairman of Facebook. And he said he has no plans to in the near future. And he doesn't have to because the shareholder situation is such that he they can't even it. push him out. Yeah, he controls the whole company. It's really Zuckerberg Inc. is what they should have changed the name to. But the only thing I'll say about Facebook, I, I know that it's now become fashionable in the media to hate on this company. I just want to state for the record, I knew this company was bad news back in 2005. <laughs> that is when that's when Facebook was just open to college students. And I still remember this like it was yesterday. I logged on. This was before the days of the news feed. And I think the only thing you could see is like people wrote like status updates. Right. right. Remember that? Yes. Oh, yeah. And I remember. And I still remember this. I'm sitting at my computer in my parents' house, uh, home on break, and I saw that my high school girlfriend, who was the who had broken my heart into a million pieces, um, you, you know, we had broken up uh, before we went to college, and I saw that she had posted a status update about how much she was in love with her current college boyfriend. Oh, and that's I remember, the worst. Oh. I remember the way that that felt, and I remember sitting there thinking, why do I, why am I making my, myself feel this way? I, mm-hmm. I don't need this. Right. And frankly, from then on, I never really used that service again. I deleted it 10 years later. (laughs) But in the the meantime, I was like, I'm not going to actively put myself in a position that I would to to make myself feel worse. So anyway, well, that's my that's my original. What what I love about you right now is like you remind me of my mother in law, my Jewish mother in law, who wants the credit for something that happened 10 years ago that nobody (laughs) can basically confirm really happened. But guess what? I will give you the credit because, listen, I think you're you're spot on in all of this. and it's interesting because they're changing the name of a lot of their hardware, like Oculus, for instance, which is basically going to be the most important thing to get you into the metaverse. They're changing the name of Oculus now to Meta, which is interesting. All the sort of hardware now going to fall under the Meta umbrella here. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, look, if Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook have not been able to properly handle social media platforms when it comes to misinformation and sort of our, our conversations that we have with one another, how do you think they're going to do in the next wave of the internet? Internet when 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 basically everybody is an avatar here. So they don't really yeah. have the track record to make this work. But either way, interesting nonetheless here, Carlo. Yeah. All right, let's move on and let's talk politics. President Biden just landed a few moments ago in Rome for a series of global summits with his economic agenda hanging in the balance back in Washington. Now, before the president left, he unveiled a new $1.8 trillion framework for his social spending bill, that in the hopes that it would satisfy the party's centrist holdouts, really just two of them, Kirsten Sinema and uh, Joe Manchin. The biggest chunk of the bill, by the way, $550 billion for climate change programs, which Democrats had hoped to be signed in the law by the time Biden arrives in Glasgow next week for the COP26 climate summit. First up, though, POTUS is going to meet with the Pope Francis over at the Vatican this morning, and they just saw a visual uh, over at um, over in Rome. They have now raised the U.S. flag in anticipation of Joe Biden's arrival there. 
I do want to see um, his meeting with the Pope, just given that they're both Catholic and mm-hmm. uh, they've met and are similar in many ways. But back to the politics of this, you know, it's not a good look that, I, that they weren't able to get this done in time. But you know, it is worth remembering, right? H- had Democrats not won those two Senate races in oh, Georgia yeah. this time last year, we wouldn't have not, none of this would be happening. Yeah, nope. none of this would be relevant at all. It wouldn't be happening, right? The process has been messy. It will undoubtedly be disappointing in the end because that's how politics works. It is the art of compromise, as they say. But, you know, it's not like Republicans had plans for some big legislative priorities had they kept the Senate or even had they kept the White House, right? This idea that, you know, had they just kind of like stripped this bill into a bunch of standalone bills and then put them up for votes. Um, It's just it's not that wasn't going to happen. Right. None of these things, climate, child care, family leave. None of those things would have gotten a single Republican vote, regardless of who uh, controls the Senate. It's just like that, that wasn't in reality. I mean, there are two ways that social spending priorities get passed in our political system. One is if Democrats have 60 seats in the Senate, or the second is if they have 50 seats and they can do it through this budget reconciliation process by just ramming all this stuff together as this big unwieldy bill and pushing it through. If they have 49 seats, nothing happens at all, right? Such a good point. And we forget, by the way, the first term of the Obama presidency, President Obama had an unprecedented amount of Democratic senators in the Senate. I believe he had almost 58 then. And Mm -hmm. still, even then, at 58 votes in the Senate, he could barely get very many things done. I mean, you have to remember the Obamacare package barely got passed through with 58 senators in the Senate. So and then Democrats lost subsequently in the next midterm election. The the new developments here are really interesting regarding Joe Biden's plan here because late last night, the Congressional Progressive Caucus, run by Pramaya Jayapal, uh, you have Rashida Tlaib and AOC as part of it, they came out yesterday, late last night, backing the Senate-backed plan that is basically checked off by Mm -hmm. Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin. So now they're sort of now in agreement about that. The problem now is basically they want that plan and the bipartisan infrastructure plan, plan to be voted on together. Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden want it a different way. They want the bipartisan plan first, and then they write the text of the bill of the $1.8 trillion plan here. So this, by the way, nobody knows when this is going to get voted on. Now it's potentially going to get kicked to next week. Janet Yellen just told reporters yesterday that she believes that this will be done by next week, which is interesting. But Joe Biden wanted this all to be done by the time he left for Rome, which is sort of why he had this almost mission accomplished moment yesterday, where he had this press conference saying that this deal is done but it hadn't been done yet. It's and not done. Have, yeah. Yes, and, done. and by the way, the text of the bill still has not even been written. Joe Manchin was telling right. reporters yesterday, I can't believe we're negotiating on something that we don't even know what's inside this bill. Like, there's no text yeah. of the bill just yet. But either way, Joe Biden did say, and he's 100% right on this, he told Democrats yesterday, his presidency and Democrats' hold on Congress hangs in the balance based on what happens here. And with the elections we have coming up on Tuesday with Terry McAuliffe in the Virginia governor's race, hoping that Democrats would have had a legislative win for him to campaign on to potentially win, Democrats are really in a bind here and they gotta get it done as soon as humanly possible. Yeah. I saw that latest uh, Fox poll that had Youngkin ahead of uh, McAuliffe yes. in Virginia. Yeah, Democrats uh, definitely uh, sweating in Virginia. Yeah. 
Um, Carlo, let's talk about what's happening here in New York. A big test for strict vaccine mandates starts today in New York City after a state judge refused to block a police union's request to pause the city's mandate. The entire municipal workforce, the biggest in the country, we might add, mu uh, must have at least one shot or they're going to be placed on unpaid leave starting on Monday. The latest statistics from the city show a quarter of NYPD and EMS employees and about a full third of the fire department and sanitation workers have not shown proof of getting their vaccine, leading to worries that there could be a significant shortage of essential workers come next week. And I'm sure, Carla, you've seen the visuals of the protests we've been seeing so yeah. far in the city about this. Is it really possible that a full third of sanitation workers and firemen are going to go down with the ship on this? I, 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 it's, it's hard for me to imagine. I mean, these are great jobs, right? These are good mm -hmm. union well-paying yep. jobs when you can retire with a full pension at like 40 or 50. The idea of giving that up to make some Over sort a of point on the vaccine yeah. thing, is, it's mind-boggling to me. I, you know, this is a game of chicken this weekend, right? Or, or is there going to be a rush for a lot of these people to get vaccinated, show their proof of vaccine by Monday? But also just don't count out the possibility that the city caves, right? Uh, there's no mayor in America, even a lame duck bad one like Bill de Blasio, who is going to risk the visuals of garbage going uncollected. Um, yep. in their city. So I think it's probably more likely that workers, they, they end up caving on this, but it'll be interesting to see and we'll have to uh, keep an eye on this it's, on Monday. By the way, they don't even, I don't know about it where you are, they basically stopped picking up the garbage in Brooklyn. Uh, oh, you know, I mean, well, like, I mean, in Chelsea, especially during the pandemic, we, we it was a hot goddamn mess for for how, yeah. much, how much trash was everywhere. Uh, you mentioned a big part in all of this, uh, which is the visuals of, of, of having you know, trash piled up and all that stuff, which we know is going to be all over the news media if this happens. Bill de Blasio, according to reports out there, is interested potentially in running for governor of New York, um, which would be a crowded <laughs> primary anyway, given the fact that you already have Kathy Hochul, the incumbent, mm. and yeah. uh, Letitia James, the attorney general, potentially jumping in there. Either way, de Blasio wants as much positive coverage of this as he possibly can. The last thing he would want is basically those visuals of trash piling up. So I'm with you. I, I think either yeah. some sort of deal gets struck at the last minute that extends extends this deadline or the city yeah. caves in some way. I was just laughing because I was, remember that for like 15 minutes last year when he de Blasio ran for president. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not only that, my favorite thing about de Blasio running for president was he was like pulling in like one percent in the polls, and I believe it was the New York Post, which hates de Blasio so much, yeah. went around looking to find who that one person and that one percent <laughs> was that supported de Blasio to be the president. That, mom. Yeah, basically at that point. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the economy here, Carlo. It grew at a sluggish rate, two percent over the summer for the weakest growth since the recovery started. Third quarter GDP was expected to be disappointing given the resurgence of COVID com uh, combined with the supply chain bottlenecks and the zapped consumer spending. Many economists expect economic growth to pick up this quarter, but the supply chain remains the biggest question mark ahead of the holidays. And we're seeing that with the earnings reports of almost all these big companies, yep. Carlo, their biggest concern is what happens in terms of the supply chain? Will there basically be delays on your holiday shipping packages? Even Apple mentioning that in their earnings report yesterday, they're expecting this next quarter to be the best in Apple history, but there is a ton of question marks in terms of the chip shortage yep. and the supply chain issues to get you your iPhone. 
you know, I do think it's worth reminding ourselves just periodically, like how bad things could have been right now, if not for the, you know, massive amounts of federal stimulus money uh, and, you know, the Fed's actions that were taken by both the Trump and the Biden administrations. But if you told me, you know, if you told me back in March of 2020 that our big concern right now would be basically gas prices being high and like empty shelves at the stores. And I'm not minimizing those things. Those are big consumer pocketbook issues. But honestly, I would have gladly taken that. Right. I I think that we forget that what it was like back then. And I mean, for good reason. Right. It was scary. Stuff was really scary scary. back then last that spring. And, you know, we were looking there were worries that we were looking at an incoming depression Mm -hmm. that was going to make, you know, the 2008 financial crisis look like it was nothing on top of a deadly contagious virus that had no cure in the works right i just let's just remember where we were back then versus where we were now where we are now and you know frankly for all of its problems right now and the economy is fundamentally in actually relatively good shape right it's growing it's not growing great but it is growing we have a very tight labor market as we know which means wages are going up everywhere the stock market's been hitting all time highs right again inflation is definitely an issue the supply chain issues have to work themselves out but let's just remember, things could have been way, way worse. Oh, Carla, and look, I, I still have PTSD that I have to go to my therapist on, uh, you know, yeah. regarding the early days of the pandemic living in New York City because it was downright frightening because yeah. it, it, it was almost like seeing those apocalyptic movies because, like, there's no sort of case study in your mind to compare it to, to anything else. So you're kind of just going off of, like, what's happening here. Uh, you're right. Things could have been so, so, so much worse. And if the Fed wasn't buying up bonds as much as they they, yeah. they possibly could, who knows what our economy would look like. But I think the impatience of Americans right now are, is really hitting a breaking point at this particular point, especially those who have been vaccinated, who have been playing by the rules, who have been doing this almost for a year now at this point. I think there's a, an, a, there's a feeling of, of being upset at those who are not vaccinated. There's a feeling about mm-hmm. being upset that the economy has completely rebounded back to what it was in the Trump years, which we already know Trump is already starting to campaign on that already yep. based on his interviews that he's doing with Fox News. Um, so so listen, it, it could have been so much worse. You're absolutely right. But I think the impatience of Americans, uh, I think, is also wearing thin at this moment as well. Well, also, Baker, so you mentioned Apple. Um, it, they had a, a rare earnings miss yesterday. Amazon really oh. had a terrible quarter. Um, but both of those companies blaming these un- unprecedented supply cr- uh, constraints for missing their earnings estimates, a- as you sort of mentioned there. But I just want to make a point there. What they didn't say was there isn't a loss of demand, right? It, no, what no, that means, that, and that's point. and that's key. And what that means is that you know, again, something that's getting sort of lost in the coverage of the supply crunch is that one of the the main reasons why this is happening is we, we being American consumers, cannot stop buying stuff, right? People are sitting on a ton of cash from the pandemic, and we are spending like drunken sailors, which is, again, a good thing for an economy that runs on consumer spending. But that is one of the main reasons why we have this backlog and why we have these, uh, you know, these these constraints with the supply chain. We're just we, we can't get rid of our money fast enough. Valid argument there, Carlo. But Carlo, on the topic of the pandemic here, did it actually drive a strain of the flu to extinction? That's apparently a distinct possibility, according to new findings from Australian researchers, scientists studying influenza 
influenza say they've been unable to detect any signs of the B. Yamagata lineage, that of the virus anywhere in the world since April 2020. Really interesting. How much do you think of us wearing masks yeah. is playing a role in all of that, Carla? Well, I think that's that's uh, this study that they published suggesting that the various measures put into place around the world right around that time, around April 2020, not just masks, but lockdowns, border closures. That's probably one of the biggest things. Social distancing, all of that stuff combined may have effectively wiped that strain of flu off the map for good, which is really remarkable mm -hmm. when you think about it. And it shows you that, you know, f the flu is not something that we have. We live with it. It, it, as though it's, it's this thing like, the, you know, it, there's nothing you can do about it, right? It's the flu. It's going to kill some X number of people a year. That's true. But I think one of the things COVID taught us, and Jill and I have talked about this a lot, is like maybe one of the silver linings that comes from this is, you know, in a really bad flu season, we wear masks or we stay home more. And that could have a, totally a, a real – that could have a real effect on, you know, especially older people who are specifically um, at the most risk of the flu. And, and that would be great, right? I, you bring up such a great point because in the past, when we, did you ever wear a medical mask? I mean, maybe I would see yeah. a couple people who are maybe like super germaphobes in the city that would be wearing masks from time to time. But if anything, it's sort of democratized wearing masks now that yeah. I, if anything, you might see people wearing masks at different iterations of their lives for the rest of, the, of, 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 their, of their time on this planet, Carlos. So I think it's yeah. really interesting. Okay, well, let's do a little uh, more to know before we go. Baker, kick us off here. Yes, indeed, and let's stick with New York. The former governor, Andrew Cuomo, has been charged with a misdemeanor sex crime that for allegedly groping a female aide at the executive mansion in Albany just last year. The criminal complaint stemmed from one woman whose accusations of sexual harassment led to Cuomo resigning this summer, Carlo. That was wild when that came uh, across the wire yesterday. I did not. I don't think anybody expected that. It sounds like the sheriff kind of went rogue and didn't wasn't in touch with the DA about this. Yep. It's all yeah. very. Uh, the very fact that it happened in the governor's mansion, though, in 2020, even more remarkable here, Carlo. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, yesterday we talked about Starbucks, Costco, the latest big chain to bump up its wages. The big box raising minimum wage to $17 an hour. That comes after Starbucks put in an effective floor of $15 an hour for its employees. This is what we just talked about, right? Wages going up. Costco's pay raise comes just eight months after it hiked starting wages to $16. They are really trying to keep these, uh, you know, keep employees retained at these companies. Absolutely, Carla. Meanwhile, we always talk about the midterms, which are over 300 days away from now. But how about next Tuesday? That's election day this year. It's obviously an off-cycle year, but there are still a handful of interesting and close races. The biggest of which, of course, Virginia's governor's race. Also races worth watching, the New Jersey governor's race. New York City, we're picking our new mayor. Looks like it might be Eric Adams. Buffalo, a interesting sort of matchup between progressives in, uh, to become the new Buffalo yeah. mayor. And it also looks like Boston potentially might elect their first Asian-American and first female mayor next week as well. Oh, I did see that. We should do uh, we'll do some more on uh, elections on Monday. So I give, give you a sense of uh, what's happening. But, yeah, there's definitely some to watch. Virginia being one. New Jersey is actually more interesting. Than it's closer than a lot of people be. expected, it's, by yeah, the way. That's that's another one to watch. And the, the thing that's happening in Buffalo also worth uh, covering next week. Anyway, uh, migrant families separated at the border under the Trump administration may be getting up to four hundred fifty thousand dollars per person affected. That's according to The New York Times reporting this morning that the White House is negotiating with families who were separated under Trump's zero tolerance policy back in 2018. About 5,500 children were separated from their parents due to that policy. Biden had pledged to compensate them uh, for their pain and suffering.
Uh, let's talk entertainment here. A wild story on TMZ. Gigi Hadid and Zayn Malik have reportedly split up. That amid an alleged dispute between Zayn and Hadid's mother, Yolanda. TMZ citing unnamed sources that Yolanda claimed Zayn Malik had struck her and that she is, quote, seriously considering going to the police to press charges against him. Now, Zayn Malik issued a, a short statement on his Instagram vehemently denying the accusation. But we should note Zayn and Gigi do have a child together. Yeah. Uh, and in sports, uh, the Green Bay Packers delivered the Arizona Cardinals their first loss of the season on a walk-off interception Ooh. last night on second and goal with the clock running out. Incredible game. Uh, Packers looking like the hottest team in the NFL right now, Baker. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers and that whole drama leading up to the season. Would he play for them or not? He's putting up MVP numbers once again, he's Carlo. Still, he's still got the juice. Okay. Love, hate, eight time. Halloween edition, Baker. Ooh. Okay, one thing that we love, literally any baby in True. any Halloween costume. True. It doesn't matter what it is, whatever you got. Ladybug is a good one. Pumpkin, we've talked about. <laughs> Avocado is another good one. Um, and just thank you to everybody who sent in their baby costume ideas when I was uh, when I was sort of like uh, crowdsourcing ideas for Franny's costume. People sent in photos that are just hilarious of their kids and so their nieces and nephews. What's what? So what is the verdict? What's Franny going as this weekend uh, for her first I Halloween? I think it's going to be a deer. We have a little a costume deer? that my mom apparently bought her. A little, it's really cute, of uh, like a little Bambi, um, oh. like a onesie. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a lot. I'll uh, I'll I'll try and get a picture out there this I weekend. Get, I, I, just, I would love that because you're right. Kids in costumes, no matter what so it is, it could, it could be peas in a pod, and it's like, oh, that is the most matter. adorable. But on the other side of this, Carla, one thing we hate, which is so true, the cringy, overdone couples costume. I want to vomit every time I see. <laughs> couple that it's like oh we're peanut butter and jelly or we're like we're like some other thing that's like supposed to be together um i i, I and i hate to say this I, I feel like straight couples do this way worse than gay <laughs> couples do um so <laughs> even though i love all of my straight friends um we're going my husband and i are going to a halloween house party for with some of our friends this weekend and i know i'm just going to be inundated with nothing but weird couples costumes this weekend like netflix and chill like stuff oh yeah like ketchup that. and oh, mustard it's like yeah, get some okay. better ideas Ideas, folks, come yeah. on! Do you have a? Do you have a? Do you and your hubby have a costume? Um, so <laughs> after I just said this, now I have to rethink mine. Um, I'm going as one of the Squid Game characters this weekend. My husband is still trying to figure out what he wants to be, but I don't know if you saw. So here in New York, near us in Chelsea. Yeah. Um, Barney's used to be by us in Chelsea, which was like the best place ever. Uh, it, it went out of business and now it's a spirit yeah. Halloween store. The line for spirit is around <laughs> the block yesterday. It was insane. So whatever Halloween costume they have left is basically what he's going to become. Yeah, I always used to do that when I would dress up as I'd wait till the last minute and then oh, there yeah. would be nothing else and I would have yeah, to come like, up with something. Random wig? Okay, I'm a caveman. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, okay, and then one thing we ate, just my official Halloween candy power rankings. Love it. Feel free to agree or disagree here. Number one, with a bullet every year, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, but the true. big ones, though. True, the big ones. True, I'm not talking true. about the little mini cups. I'm talking about the, no. the big, the two. Yeah, that's the number and one. And when I was a kid, Num by the way, going to trick-or-treating, if a place had the big Reese's Pieces cup or the Reese's Cups, you would always go to them because that was the one oh, yeah. place who always had a head up. Anytime you get somebody who's given out real-sized candy, yes. mad respect for that. Yes, I uh, agree. Also, 
coming in second, peanut butter M and M's, and then I think mm-hmm. my third is a tie between Butterfinger and Skittles. Mm. Uh, and I, I would say my honorable mentions: Airheads, Smarties, Smarties underrated, Whoppers, and uh, Raisinets. Ooh, not so much the Raisinets, even though I know a lot mm. of people love to put Raisinets in their popcorn when they go to the movies because it gives you sort of the salty yeah. sweet uh, combination. I would agree with almost all of those, Carlos. Uh, Carlo, the only ones I would add maybe Reese's Pieces, and I would also add gummy bears. I know how much you and I uh, both gummy love. Bears, yeah. Herbo gummy bears, that is definitely something I'm going to yeah. be eating this weekend as well. You don't get a lot of those. Candy corn, by the way, don't even think oh, about it. That's yeah, not, yeah, no. you know, To be honest, candy corn should be banned in this entire country, <laughs> and anybody who loves candy corn should probably be sent to the electric chair because it is just so <laughs> disgusting. Okay, well, that's our cue, everybody. Uh, thank you guys <laughs> for, for listening on our Friday uh, Off the Rails pod. Baker. Thank you, as always. And yes. don't forget, guys, if you're listening to this and it's not quite 9 a.m. Eastern time, hop onto the YouTube live chat and talk to us. Yeah, YouTube.com slash Cheddar Now. Jill's back in the chair on Monday. And have a great weekend. Be safe out there, everyone.